Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say, where we're about to discuss why winning football matches is overrated anyway. We're in association with Love Supreme, of course. You're listening to Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, and we're joined by a couple of guests, as we are most weeks, to analyse the weekend's game. That's how you're getting introduced from now on, Gareth. Are you happy with that? I've stumbled across something that works, I think, after about a year and a half. I'm just going to introduce you, and that's it. I'm just indifferent, naturally indifferent. People should know you well enough now anyway. We don't need well, a small talk. It's a shame for them, isn't it? It certainly is. <laughs> James Hunter, Sunderland reporter for The Chronicle, is here. Always a pleasure, James. Yeah, always a pleasure. How is Sunderland reporting going this season? <laughs> the well, Sunderland well, reporter. Well, he's a Sunderland yeah. reporter, yeah. so he, I'm asking how his Sunderland reporting is going. What an open question, that yeah, is. Yeah, well. Um, it's low-key, shall we say. Mm. No wins, but, but it's, not, it's not often we witness... You know, no wins in this sort of manner, is it? It's normally a bit different when we uh, find ourselves not winning. Pretty much the same uh, last season. Um, well, more points on the board this time, which is the important thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think uh, when you look at the two starts, yeah, they're, they're both uh, winless at this stage, but um, chalk and cheese, really, in terms of the way that the team's play and the vibe around the place and uh, uh, and the points on the board. OK, Luke Bowley is here as well from Rook Report. How are you finding living back in Sunderland, Luke? Um, well, uh, <laughs> well, that's quite a question <laughs> as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I just I, you know I, so you hadn't been here for a while, and you commented the fact that it looked like a bomb site the other day because of all the, the no, developments. No, I never said bomb site. I said building site. <laughs> and it, mm. uh, well, oh, that was bomb site, Gareth. Did you mind? I didn't see it because like one big hole, isn't it? Staying out. <laughs> it's like one big hole. Is it time to? That's actually I, they're going to run with that at the uh, <laughs> welcome the to Sunderland campaign. Yeah, welcome yeah. to Sunderland. It's, it's just like, one big it's hole. It's just one big hole. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a you insert know, it's your a words into that sentence. Yeah. Well, it's a hole I call home, so you know I'm happy to be back yeah. and happy to be able. I finally went to my first yeah. two matches of the season uh, this week, uh, and they are allegedly so building things. It's not always going to be like that. Not the word allegedly there. <laughs> Luke was leading you nicely some football. I was, chat I, was there. I was I was I don't know, I, I, I was providing you with the finest link. You're supposed you to just have. provide jokes. I keep saying every time you come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really win. on for your football still knowledge. Still win. Right. All right. Let's talk about the football. Surprise at the negativity, Gareth, surrounding this result personally and the performance. Considering people were pessimistic before the game, they now seemed aggrieved at the end of it. Hmm. Weird, isn't that, it? isn't it? Strange. It was just strange because I thought we played quite well. Uh, I enjoyed the game as well. Um, people were sort of saying it was a dour game and stuff like that. I thought, well, I didn't think it was dour. They, they, they did everything but score in the game. Um, they did everything that people want. Um, well, some people want anyway. Apparently, retaining possession is a booable offence now at the stadium, which is absolutely pathetic. But yeah, I noticed some of that going on but towards the end when people just generally, it's like pace. stupid. Like, why, why go at the game and because when we knock it forward, I didn't know where I was, you know. mind. I'll be honest. I could see people were sort of 
urging them to go forward a little bit more there was just because there was sort of yeah. you know they were they, they could sense time was running out and we weren't going to score there was goal, definitely people booing because there? they were passing the ball alright basically okay. I didn't say it well, so if you're going to do I that don't bother coming back that would be my advice mm. alright well we'll hear from Gus now um, hear what he thought about the game I think from all the games this is the one that we really deserve to win um, even 11 be 11 you know the best chances the the most approaches, the most ball in the box. You know, you can analyze this game anyway. You know, by position or by position of the ball. You know, people like how many crosses and how many free kicks and how many cro- shots and how many headers. And and I'm sure we were better in everything, apart from putting the ball in the net, which uh, yeah, it's difficult to take. But I'm I'm pleased. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a person who likes to see the team playing a certain way, and that's the way we play and the way we try. And even when the fans that were trying to make us kick the ball forward, we keep passing and looking for the ball to the right area to cross. And that's how we created the chance. Well, that's Gus talking about what you said there. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Did you hear that, Luke, where you were sitting? Uh, I heard quite a few, not so much boos, but yeah. a lot of frustration every time the ball went back to the keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, which, But even in the sort of early stages of the game, in sort of periods during the first half, people seemed to be getting frustrated, which surprised me a little bit, because surely by now we know that this is how we play. Mm. I, I'll be honest. I think I think the Southern fans have, have, have taken to this style um, more than people thought they would. I, I think they'll get well, a little bit agitated because the J- James was sitting near where, near where I was sitting. I guess so. I guess he can. He, I, m- he yeah. might be able to shed some light on whether he thought there were some booze. There were definitely some booze. You know, without without question. Um, I'm not you saying know. it was everyone, by the way. No, 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 no. Of course not. But the, the, there was there was a feeling of frustration. That's easy, easy to understand. You, you're in the final ten minutes of the game. Swansea are down to ten men, and you want to go on and, and win. But you know, the, the, there's a fine dividing line between you know having a bit of urgency and trying to to go on and win the game from there, and lumping the ball aimlessly yeah. into the box. Sunderland have done that many a time exactly, for over yeah. many years, and it hasn't worked so I think uh, possibly it's a case of getting used to a different seeing a different approach mm. I think I think it's the right way to go for Sunderland to hold on to possession and push forward um, but I can understand why people uh, wanted a bit more urgency of course yeah, well I, me- I mentioned that the um, the negativity surprising the re- result um, uh, surrounding the result was surprising sorry because before people seemed a little bit pessimistic now I was slightly concerned about the trio in the middle of Swansea's Park, Key, John Joe Shelby, they sort of anchor Sir Gertson, don't they? And you know, as far as if you're thinking about a team outside the top seven or eight, that's that's as good as you're going to get, isn't it? In the midfield, James. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you know Swansea have got a reputation as probably the best footballing side outside the the elite in the Premier League. So from my point of view, it was um, it was very encouraging to see uh, Sunderland outplay that team because uh, let's make no mistake about it, they you know they, they did outplay Swansea at the weekend, um, and as Gareth said earlier, they did everything but score and, and get the points. Now, of course, we know that uh, winning games and and, and and picking up three points is is the most important thing, but it's it's a process, and Sunderland are, are improving. If you look at the two goalless draws against Swansea this weekend and and Burnley the weekend previous, um, you know they, they were completely different, uh, com- completely different games, completely different styles of play, completely different, uh, um, yeah. completely different atmosphere surrounding them. The only thing that was the same was the result. Yeah, talk about two nil nil games being totally different yeah. to each other. Yeah. But uh, Gareth, what well, I, I was impressed that. Not only did we stop Swansea playing, which which we did, and I think you you have to do against sides like Swansea, but we also managed to get on the front foot ourselves. Besides that, 
yeah, well, they were completely dominant. I thought um, Swansea barely had a, an opportunity in the game. Um, Sunderland were far more advanced in in what they were trying to do. That in terms of possession, so you know they weren't keeping it. It wasn't like they were keeping it right in the edge of their own box. They were keeping it sort of nearer the sort of D the halfway line, and then you know the extra pace that they added in certain areas certainly helped with people like Buckley. Um, I think he made a difference. Um, yeah, it was just it was a lot more positive. They looked a lot more likely to create chances, um, but it's just that that final, not not even the final ball. I'd argue in this case because the the there was three we good were getting balls. Getting behind yeah, the second half, especially. Yeah, there yeah. was three good deliveries into the box that could have resulted in in goals had the chances been taken. Yeah, um, Luke Lee Catamol is a. There's a big part in in both scenarios and our lives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. But in in you know in both examples, there stopping Swansea from playing, you know, pressing down quickly, but also pushing the team on, driving the team forward. Yeah, he's he's just. I, I was I went to the Stoke game where obviously he he didn't play, and he was just. A, you could feel he was a huge miss um, when you know we'd win the ball in the middle of the field, and there was no there was no one to really drive us forward and push us on. And that was that was definitely uh, there against Swansea. I I I I mean I adore Lee Cadamall. I've I've said this many times. We I, all do. Luke. He's my he's do. my favourite footballer, probably of of all time. Um, but <laughs> wow, he's, that's a statement. I, I'm I'm just I'm just putting it out there because it's sort of like it, it it's just someone who I love no matter what he does. I feel like eventually <laughs> he's going to get. Uh, this is know, more than a football thing, Luke. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> but because I, I know he's eventually he's going to get two yellow cards in in quick succession and get sent off. And I get the feeling I'm still going to love him more. But uh, no, he he was outstanding against Swansea. He just he, he was probably our best player on the pitch, and he he, um, he just pressed them so well and stopped them from playing. And like you said, he he just there's, he just has these leadership qualities in the middle where he'll just drive drive the team forward. Um, and push him on. It's no surprise that we just looked a, a lot better with him in his, at his best, really. Well, unconditional love is the best kind of love. Um, sticking with our midfielders and love, because Gareth loves Seb Larson and all that. I don't need to ask his opinion on Not it. Not so much. I wouldn't say to love him. Well, you're very fond of him then. Um, he sort of polarises opinion, James Seb. What, 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 what did you think about his performance the weekend? Um, I really like Seb Larson. Um, I think in many ways he, he reminds me of... Um, uh, of a Jack Colback type character in insofar as uh, fans and, and other people lo- look at the games and say what does he do, he doesn't score goals, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that um, but he's the kind of player that uh, managers love which is why um, he's been a regular uh, in that central midfield under Gus Poyet, he's not there for no reason, you know Gus has got options You know, he, Gus has got Jordi Gomez in, in there who, who he would love to involve um, but Seb Larson uh, gets the nod over over him uh, every time, um, and that's got to be for for a good reason. And, and Seb's such a hard worker and industrious player. Again, similar parallel to to uh, Jack Colback, um, and and I think he plays a, a vital role. I, I really do. I thought. I mean, you know, I, I've heard all sorts of opinions on it, and a lot of some people are saying he was man of the match, some people are saying he was rubbish, and I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I, th- I thought I thought the first half he was falling. You know, he's certainly not. For the one, lack of trying, but I thought he was slightly yard off the pace. Second half, I thought he was brilliant. So, um, yeah, I think credit where it's due, Luke, that a player can turn their performance round like that as well, especially someone like Larson, who sort of has his reputation for going missing in games as well. Mm. And he did create our best chance of the game um, with that ball from the, uh, into Wickham. Um, I, I really like Seb Larson. I think it's it's clear that he does a job there, even when he's not doing that great on the ball. He'll give you a lot off it in sort of a 
uh, closing down and sort of a lot of energy. Um, so I'm a big fan of his, and I thought, yeah, he did he did very well in the second half. I thought uh, it was more like the performance we saw towards the end of last season, where he suddenly became this sort of uh, a lot more creative, and he started to see those passes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, he, for me, he's along with Catamore, he's the two you'd you'd definitely have in that midfield. Oh. When a lot of people say he's the one you'd take out, that's um, my opinion changes every week. I think I don't think Gomez does enough when he comes on. He played well again the weekend, uh, but then he has a game where mm. he doesn't do much. I thought. What I will say about Larson Gareth, I thought, you know, when, when it comes to turning over possession, he was key, second half especially. No, he's great. He just does, <clears throat> does you know, simple things well, I think, and like you say, it's just keeping the ball and, you know, he did, he does give you something, like he, he created the chance for Wickham, um, he put it on the plate for him really, couldn't do any more than that. Um, you know, I think sometimes people get bogged down with things like, you know, in a football match, it's it's you know it's not like a game of three and in or whatever where you just line up and have pot chops at the goalkeeper. There's you know a process to get into that area, and you need an amount of players in your team who are going to do the donkey work to create those opportunities. And I just think you know it's just not it's not as simple as just you know loading up your team with you know attackers or whatever and being able to score lots of goals. You need players in the team who are going to do what people like Seb Larson do. And I, I think when people say that. He was dreadful or didn't offer anything. It's like, well, what what do you what do you expect from him? What what's your expectation level of that player? And he's not gonna he's not gonna do what you want him to do. But that doesn't mean that he's a bad player because he's not scoring seven eight goals a season and having mm. handfuls of assists. You know. Yeah, it is an interesting one. I think you know. Again, I'm, I'm sort of down the middle with him. So, um, the, that leaves Jack Rodwell out of those three. James. How long do we need to be patient for? I've, I've been coming. I've been coming every week and saying, you know, it's important that fans are, are patient. He hasn't played a lot of football, and you know we can't expect too much of him. We've played six games now. Yeah, well, What's, what, I what, mean, what, you what know, you, what sort of figure would you put on it? You make a fair point. I think um, you know, it, it, I would definitely say that uh, that he's underperformed so far. He's not. He's not delivered what I would have expected from him so far. I think that, like you say, he's. Six games into the season, he's only played one full ninety minutes though at, uh, at Burnley, uh, and he probably wouldn't have played that had it not been for um, injuries. Um, so I think um, he, you know, given time, he, he will come good. But I think Gus Poet made a, a very good um, point in the build-up to to the game last week, and he was saying it's very different when you when you're playing at Manchester City and you're enjoying sixty sixty five percent possession in every game, and you've got the ball. Um, that's one thing. When you come to Sunderland, and more often than not in games, um, it's either even or you've actually got got less of the ball, and you're spending your time chasing it. Um, that can take some getting used to for a player, and I think maybe Jack's making that transition. Mm. I mean, I'm not trying to sound too harsh. I think you will come good. I'm just sort of raising a point there, Gareth, because there is some people who would, you know, correctly point out that we spent a lot of money on him, like practically all of our transfer budget. So when you, you know. If you put it in context, a player like that needs to de- to deliver for a side like us. I think context is the key word again, though. You know, people get annoyed about the fact that we lose players on sh- who we get on short-term deals and don't retain them the following year, and then we sign a player for five years, and because he hasn't done it in six games, it's a problem. You know, everyone knows the situation with Jack Rodwell. Everyone knows how good he was before he went to Manchester City. Everyone knew that he actually did quite well at Manchester City when he got given his limited opportunities and he's had problems. He's played, like James says, one or two full games for Sunderland 
six games. You know, it's he's a, it's a new club. It's a diff, It's a totally different prospect because Everton and Manchester City are both more successful clubs and something in recent times and you'll have been playing with better players so I, I'm not even I'm not even over analysing Rodwell at the moment I think you've got to keep playing him until he comes good because like you say you've invested that money in him and everyone should be understanding of the situation I understand results are important short term but they're not we're not losing games every week I know we're not winning but we're not getting tanked. So would, you, so, so would you suggest then perhaps the next game, considering the opponents, would be a game where you start to look and say, OK, if this doesn't work again, then there might have to be something changes there? No. I keep him in. To keep playing him. He's only going to get he's only going to get better by playing, so if you drop him, you're only going to get what you out of him what you expect if you, if you let him settle in and let him get better. And he will get better because he's a proven quality player. He's not going to come. To, he's not going to just be rubbish for Sunderland. Like ju- he's going to be a good player for Sunderland. I, you know, you look at him and you know he's going to be. He's got a great pedigree. Mm. Oh, I agree with you. I I'm just, just think. Uh, I just I'm think like. Um, I, I just think you've got to. You've got to look. You've got to play him because it's a long. It's so, too much short termism in football, in my opinion, especially for a club like Sunderland, because we're not competing at the top of the league. There's no like immediacy for success. The likelihood is the season will peter out in the mid table anyway so what you know what the, we're not under pressure to for him to deliver something special for us you know in the long term he might but in the immediate future there's no there's no, I don't think, don't think there's a necessity to put that pressure on that player to deliver something that ultimately is irrelevant i think does a lot of it come down to the fact james that because of the way we played Saturday, you, you feel that you know the, the performances cut them all and lost and put in had the third midfielder then sort of really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. Then it was certainly there for the taking, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's an element of that, isn't there? Um, I think more of a concern to me was was it was less so on on Saturday. It was more the fact that that Jack Rodwell didn't impose himself at Burnley was was more of a con- mm. concern in, in in my eyes because that's the sort of game where you would expect him to grab it by the scruff of the neck. Um, you know, against Swansea, when you're playing against a midfield that contains Shelby and Key and Sigurdsson, um, you know these are, are, are very good, high-quality, established Premier League players. Um, so that's going to be a lot more of a, uh, an even, an even contest than in midfield. There, I think, like like I say, I think it's it's still early days for for Jack Rodwell and. Um, it's not like he's, he's had a, a disastrous time up to now. He's been steady away, um, and you know, given time, I think he, he will start to, to become a bigger influence in the team. Yeah. Has, it, <coughs> has he been any? Right? Has he? Has just got still <laughs> recovering from this cold. Has he? Has he been so much better or so much worse than someone like Gomez, who a lot of people are clamouring to get into the no, team? No, no. But I think uh, again, we, I think the price tag thing, isn't it? I know, um, but like, it's 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 ridiculous. It's like. People take these factors, like these irrelevant factors, and like sort of pile I them think in. There's some relevance in his price tag. I don't personally. think there is because think, yeah, yeah. He, that's a, that's just how much it costs for one of those players. It's just the way it is. Like, I, 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 like the Craig Gordon effect thing. Like we saw. Oh, I thought he was. Really, I like Craig Gordon. I know, but loads of people. <laughs> every, like Jack every, Gordon, every time with Craig Gordon, it was uh, the first thing that people brought up was how much he cost. Well, he d- he didn't pay it. No, I get and that. And he didn't set that. it. So don't 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 um, mistake me. No, I'm not. One of those I'm, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, right. just, I just it it just I don't. I just think it's too early to start. You know, being really harshly critical 
of, because I've seen people being harshly critical. I've nobody. I know nobody in here is is being that way, but I just I just feel, you know, maybe that point about him being on the ball more. If you played him deeper, he'd be on it more, and then he'd get more comfortable on it. I've said before at the moment when he's playing in that more advanced area, because he hasn't got the ball a lot of the time, he's, it, he looks a little bit like he's playing piggy in the middle because players are passing around him. Because, you know, that's that's tough. It's almost like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, isn't it? Because you think, well, if that's a position he's been bought to play in and you, you want him to develop every game, mm. every week, you're going to have to play him there, look, aren't you? Look at Key last season who started as a defensive midfielder and then gradually he was moved further forward. Mm. So I think I'm that was probably it, just because he didn't see that it player was, cut him all low, it wasn't was, it? But, but it was, you know, but a player can play one place and do something and then play further forward. If he was playing deeper, he'd be on the ball more. Okay, leave Jack Rodwell alone, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> right, we well, can't praise the space. I, I was creator. thinking some terrible things about Jack Rodwell <laughs> yeah. for all of that. I just, I, I just took your silence really as being one of the aggressors. Um, <laughs> we can't praise the space created um, without mentioning Conor Wickham. Now he's another one of my polarized opinion on how he, he performed. Luke, where are we with it? I thought overall his his contribution was positive, and you know he he, he won a lot of free kicks in the middle. He caused um. Who was this? Who was the centre half uh, that was on him? It was Ashley Williams. He caused him a bit of a nightmare um, because he was just winning those fouls on the halfway line and, and getting free kicks where we could uh, create chances. And also his his holder play is terrific. But again, that's where ultimately the problem in this team lies up front. And he had his one chance, which was, if we're being honest, on the plate for him, and he missed it. And you have to take your chances in um, in in these sort of situations when you're on top in a game like we were against Swansea and you have that chance he has to take it and unfortunately he didn't I'd still argue he's probably the best striker we've got at the moment um, there's only really sort one of, challenge to that he's got to sort of mix him and Fletcher and mould him into one player yeah. Fletcher's yeah. finishing and Wickham's hold-up player because his touch is getting better James yeah. every week isn't it his hold-up player yeah, it, it, it is getting better but he, does he need an end product to his game oh, if, if, he's, if he's the guy seemingly holding all the cards in this contract negotiation as well yeah. I mean, you, you, you know you, you want him to be saying come on I'm, I'm putting these chances away without a doubt I mean strikers are always going to be judged on, on the goals that they score aren't they I mean it's no good uh, um, you know, having all the other technical aspects of your game, if you don't put the ball in the net, then uh, then your side's going to struggle. Um, Connor's not managed to do that uh, in the league this season, which is which is obviously a, a been one of the major factors um, that uh, uh, that's prevented Sunderland from from winning so far. I mean, that was a great chance that he had against Swansea, as uh, as Luke said, it was put on a plate for him by uh, by Seb Larson. Um, and you have to think um, had Stephen Fletcher been on the pitch at that stage would he have scored that also you have to think to yourself had Stephen Fletcher started might Stephen Fletcher have scored the chance that he did have you know had a, rather than it coming to him after just five minutes it's very hard would hard, Danny Graham have scored that header <laughs> which which was the other only striker to have scored this season <laughs> put that away no we well, scored you, you, oh of course sorry. Uh, your, your serious question would Danny Graham have scored had he come off the bench and been playing? Uh, possibly not. Had had he been had he had half a season at Middlesbrough uh, like he did at the end of last season, then maybe it's very difficult to come in when you're cold and be immediately up to speed when you get a chance within a couple of minutes of coming on. Um, not easy. I think uh, I think Gus Poyet's right to persevere with uh, Connor Wickham. I think uh, again, as, as Luke said, he's arguably Sunderland's uh, best attacking option. Um, 
it's quite close between him and Stephen Fletcher, but uh, I think he probably is the the best attacking option, and you you got to stick with him. I think to do anything else would uh, send out uh, you know the wrong signal, would send sense that you've uh, lost confidence in him. And when you look at Sunderland's attacking options, as we were just discussing, you can't afford to have have anybody um, you know feeling um, <laughs> feeling miffed or having the, their nose put out of joint, can you? Because uh, you can't really do anything until January now. Yeah, no, I'll go along with that too. Just quickly thought, before we move on, sorry, just sorry. I thought Fletcher was a bit unlucky with his header because I thought he pretty much uh, did inches, everything right. Was yeah, like yeah. He, he was coming onto it, and yeah, that's what I mean. It's just a fine margin, yeah. and you think had had he not been on just on the pitch for five minutes, had he been on for seventy-five minutes, he would probably yeah. have put that away. Wigan, okay. yeah, Wigan was more like sort of yeah. Niall Quinn when he was getting the ball down, and then Brett Angel when he had the ball at his feet <laughs> at the weekend. That's how yeah. I sort of compare him. Okay, can I just say about Wickham? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The thing that he gets criticised most for is, is his decision making. And it is worth remembering that he is still only like 22 years old and that decision making is something that does come with age yeah like and you it, earlier I mean you were saying you went out too early for the Metro Luke yeah I know I was I was an hour early for this podcast so in two years time that wouldn't have happened <laughs> that no what that's saying? what I'm saying in two years I'm, I'm the same age as Conor Wickham which is weird to think about but uh, but in a couple of years I will be arriving a podcast <laughs> on time and Conor Wickham will be a 20 goal a season player you saw somebody better than us you saw that with Conor in the early minutes didn't you against Swansea when he, he should have played the ball out wide to Adam Johnson and he, he took the pot shot himself and yeah. somebody caught it in Rosehead didn't they mm. alright quickly before we move on because we're going to want to talk about defenders and other stuff Ricky Alvarez nice little cameo everybody happy mm. with that that was fun wasn't it enjoyable that's why sometimes yeah, that's why I why, uh, don't want to overanalyze the whole thing so much but it was just nice to see somebody like that come on and do that for Sunderland like I know we didn't win as a result of his work or anything but from a purely entertainment perspective it was uh, quite nice to and him and Buckley on the, on the pitch at the same time James getting fans off the backsides yeah well they were both very exciting weren't they at the weekend I mean Will Buckley I thought was excellent throughout um, I've got to keep reminding myself not to call him Alan Buckley, which is a sign of my age. But um, but yeah, Will, Will Buckley, will, you know, really impressed, and, and I think he'll he'll be a tremendous asset to Sunderland in the games that he's he's started against Manchester United and uh, and against Swansea. He's been absolutely fantastic. As for Alvarez, his little cameo was was fantastic. Um, 
he you know he showed a bit of skill a bit of trickery the sort of thing that like you say um people love to watch um and there was end product at the end of it where he was he was the player that put in the cross for Fletcher you know and if and if that's a sign of what you can do when he's on the pitch for just a few minutes then it augurs well for the future I think that's a thing isn't it it's alright doing all the step overs and whatever and looking good but you've got to produce and that's what he did like you say James he used his skill to get past people to put crosses in to cause problems yeah played with his head up I liked yeah. I noticed and I liked he that was so, he was nonchalant that's what I would say he was just so relaxed in the oh, situation oh, oh nonch is now quick nonch with, with yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well he looked like an Argentina international didn't he which is yeah. you know no bad thing him and Virginia for that matter yeah, yeah. okay well we'll go well, we'll, come on, on. we'll come on <laughs> yeah we'll come on to Virginia and the defence that's a great little uh, segue thanks for that um, but first we're going to head back to that flat on Newcastle Quayside uh, to see how Steve Bruce and Alan Pardew are getting along in their quest to find a suitable flatmate. Last week on The Flat, Steve Bruce blew the rent on yet another average striker after taking exception to Alan Pardew's disregard for his 10th place certificate of achievement. Now Steve and Alan must acquire another flatmate to help him cover costs. Otherwise, the Geordie dream could be over before it even begins. Well, Alan, it's time we had a good sit-down and a chat about who to bring in, you know. Now there's a few obvious options, if you ask me. Firstly, the boy Alex. He's always reliable, does a job. Now, no, Steve, now. What, what do you mean? He's, he's great at sweeping up. Now, Steve. Well, OK. Uh, well, second on my list is the lad Elmo, you know. I'd take him anywhere. He's a nailed-on candidate for the role, if you ask me. That's for sure. I don't think so. Well, the, the boy Myla. No. After hours of talks, Alan finally comes up with a solution that they can both agree on. Well, he's a perfect candidate. He knows what it's like to live amongst the Geordie nation. He knows what it's like to be straggling with the press. He knows what it's like to be tired from the, the pressures of being manager of a club like Newcastle United. He knows what it's like to be abused by 52 fairs and screaming Geordies. Absolutely, Alan. It can only be Big Sam. No doubt about it. That's for sure. Alan and Steve propose the idea to Allardyce, who accepts a one-week trial stay at the flat. Sam knows he might be in the frame for the Sunderland job in a swap deal with the current incumbent, Gus Poyet. This is great opportunity for me to reacquaint myself with North East. I know how rough it can be at Newcastle, so I can empathise with Alan. At the same time, I can have a good chinwag over a couple of pints of gravy with Steve about Sunderland. It's an ideal situation for me. Sam moves into the flat the very next day. However, it doesn't take long before Steve Bruce's striker fetish starts to grate on the meat-heavy Lancastrian. How many times, Steve? No, I will not sell Andy to you. Come on, Sam, stop playing hard to get. I know you'll have a good transfer, just like the rest of us. You can have the boy Sagbo. He's a top lad. Never let you down. Sagbo? You must be kidding. How's he going to link up with big Kevin Nolan? No, no. Just wait for that offer to come in from Sunderland and I'll be taking the pair of them with me. I can always rely on Kev. But Sam, they'd hound any out for sure. Just look at me. Tenth place and I still didn't get the time. And he wouldn't go there anyway. Proud Geordie that he is. He's right, Sam, and his places. Up there with the 64,000 screaming Geordies, roaring us onto another mid-table finish. 
soft, they're periers. Andy and Kev will do as I say. Trustworthy lads, real men, just how it should be. It's all gravy when it comes to me and my signings. Just you wait and see. Well, as soon as you lose a derby up here, you be struggling. We was struggling. Pappis, Tiles, Colo, Maps, the other Tiles, Yoen, Debouche. The list is endless, Sam. They was struggling. They're unforgiving up here. You should know that. He's right, Sam. Look at me. Tenth place. You don't get a certificate like that for nothing. That's for sure. Ask anyone outside of Sunderland. And they respect the achievement, but not on Wearside, Sam. No, it's all 5-1 there. The bitterness, the hatred. It just doesn't go away. They hound you out. Lose a derby? You two lads really need a man up. I win them. 3-0 at the lane, 3 on the trot. West Ham way, they know where they can stick that. They can boo all they want. It's like a barrow full of gravy to me. I'll lap it up. No free news, Sam. Don't even mention the words round these parts or season cards will be thrown at me. Horses will be punched. Wellowell still has to kip over mine at times. He has the nightmares about Josie. Josie, you say, Alan? Now there's a striker you can rely on. Sam, how much do you want for him? Surely you'll sell him. You're only as good as your strikers. Stop talking about strikers. It's all right for some. I haven't got any. Pappis has got a calf problem. Shoulders moving on. Lowick's abandoned us. Bloody hell, lads. I'm not Harry Redknapp. Leave me to me gravy, will yous? All it is here is strikers and self-pity. A man like me, Sam Allardyce, can do without losers like you two. It's unedifying. I could have been Real Madrid manager and won the lot if me name was Aladici. And here I am listening to you two meekly bemoaning your strikers and griefing your supporters. I mean, supporters. What kind of man with any self-respect listens to that lot? Stupidest thing Mike did was listen to them and sack me. Now he's lumbered with you. <laughs> you see a man struggling. A man whose position you've been in. And this is what you do. I want you out. I haven't got the power to get rid of you. But if I ask Mike nicely enough, he might get Graham to arrange a deal for me. Aye, you're not the man for us, Sam. That's for sure. You have to admire my tenth place achievement. Not belittle it. I once had no strikers too, you know. Little Cess had to go up front. I still got tenth. Tenth bloody place, man. Embarrassing. I'm off, lads, and I'm taking me bisto with me. And as Sam leaves, with more suitcases than he came in with, all full of quality gravy granules, Steve and Alan are left without a flatmate. And most importantly to Steve, gravyless. The search continues. But who is next in line? Find out next week on The Flat. On to analysing the defence now. Okay, now I feel like we should almost have a round of applause, Gareth, when um, mentioning Billy Jones. He was everything I hoped he would be, really. He gave us that extra dimension going forward. One that matches Paddy Van Arnold over on the other side. Um, It creates space for others to operate in and... Yeah, I just I couldn't have went better, really. No, he was good. Um, it's nice to see, because um, you know he's been played at left back when he when he has played. I looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, and he got his chance in his favourite position and and took it against Stoke, and then he carried it on. So that was nice. To it's see. good to have the balance as I've just mentioned, James, isn't it? Because Van Arnold, I think, improves every game. I I, I, yeah. said, I said on this show last week, I thought he was going to be one of the our finds of the season and I've seen nothing that changed my mind on that but it's great having two of them do it 
it's just nice to see round pegs and round holes. Um, I mean, don't know whether it'll ever catch on, but playing a right back at right back, a left back <laughs> at left back, and two centre backs in central defence. I mean, you know, um, it doesn't seem rocket science, but Sunderland's defence, you know, looked much more solid as a result. I felt against Swansea. Uh, Billy Jones made a real difference on the right not that Santiago Virginia hasn't done well in that position filling in um, but I think Jones certainly got forward and looked looked like what he is he, he looked like a natural right back and uh, and Sunderland looked all the better for that both defensively and going forward OK well, we're going to hear a little bit more from Gus now uh, Gareth caught up with him after the game and first just continuing on sort of what, what he thinks about the, the performance more or less but then he does get on to a particular defender I'm calm, I promise you. And and you know me last year how you know up and downs we were because of the season. But right now, I come out of the game and I'm able to stay there and talk to the opposite players because I think we've done everything possible to win. If we are awful, if we don't deserve nothing from the game, you won't see me staying outside and waiting for Key or anyone because that's the way I am. So uh, uh, keep going. I'm really looking forward to train this week and, and set up something special for the game that we go next week. The pace of the game today as well. It's definitely something that sort of last season, back in the last season, Sunderland were a lot quicker. And today you saw that, what we saw back in the last season in the game today, and engaging sort of the forward players further up the pitch rather than sort of picking the ball up in their own half and yeah. trying to dictate. To, to, to be honest, it's, it's because of the personnel as well. That gives you the chance. You know, um, in certain moments we were too deep last year and it was difficult to create that, that pace in the game. We didn't have a player like Boca. That give you some electricity there, no? It gets the ball and they take you all the way. Or, and, and I think the players that they will excite the, the fans. I know they want to win. Don't worry, I'm the first one. I want, I'm desperate to win a football game. But I think I think we get in there close to what we want. A mix of keeping the ball and being good on the ball, but at the same time to keep the you know the, the pace that the fans demand here in the northeast. And Virginia as well, I think, slotted in really well. And well uh, he's actually in a bit of an attacking threat, isn't he, with some of those in balls uh, inside the fullback that he plays? He's, he's a good player. He, he had a, a lucky game last year at Arsenal. Everything was marked for one pass and one missed kick. Mm. And you know how he's the first impression with people, you know? They look at you the first day, and if you score two or three goals as a striker, you're a hero. It doesn't matter what you do in the next 50 games. Something similar happened to Sandy until he plays as a right back. And it was outstanding and convincing everyone. This year we saw him right back, centre half. He can cover any place, so it's a it's a good plus for us. Okay, before we mention the genie specifically there, James, I thought just something to take from that when he said he was excited about the training. And that seems to imply he thinks he stumbled upon a formula that works now because he he was also mentioned earlier on that he was trying to find one that didn't include Fabio Berini. Uh, couldn't get through a show without you mentioning can't. him. Every, no. every week, it's <laughs> just impossible. But. Um, you know, again, before we move on to the Virginia thing, I think that's significant, isn't it? Because Gus struggles to hide his emotions, and if he was coming out now, you know, in a, in a sort of depressed manner, then we'd be a little bit more worried. But the fact he's calm and he thinks it's around the corner, should yeah. we take heart in that? I think so. Yeah, I think um, Gus Gus seemed very upbeat after the Swansea game. Uh, I think, as, as we've said here, he'd seen his, his team largely get it right. Uh, the only thing they lacked was was the goal, as, as we said earlier. And I think. Uh, um, I think he was tremendously encouraged by the performance uh, and, and by the way that the team played. He, he has a big thing about this is my team and this is how how my team plays. Win, lose, or draw. This is this is this is how I want my team to play. And, and I think he saw that against Swansea. Yeah. Okay. On to Virginia then. Um, 
Billy Jones, obviously, we just mentioned that, allowed him to come in the middle and play in the middle of Virginia Gareth. And this is a development I think we all had our eye on because he played there briefly, as Gus just mentioned, when he first came. And he, he did look too lightweight. He looked positionally clueless at times. Yet this was sort of the exact opposite of that. I thought he read the game very well. And you know, he seemed to know which runs to track, which passes to come out and intercept. Mm. Yeah, he's, he, he didn't put himself in a position where he had to make recovery tackles, which is no, important. No. He's he just he's got a touch of class about him, hasn't he? When he plays, I think that's notable. I mean, he's probably still got a a lot to do to to you know make it in England as a centre back, but he seems to have the equipment to do it. Um, it was it was nice to see him uh, and played as well as he did against Stoke when he played there. And say against Stoke, he you know he's positive on the ball as well. Um, he just he doesn't play like raking long passes and stuff like that. He keeps it on the deck and. Sort of tries to get people in when the spaces open up, and that's what they're trying to do when they work the ball across the back. It's not keeping the ball for the sake of it; they're trying to create opportunities to to play people in. Um, and he, you know, he's an asset in that in that respect. Do Quatez and Brown have a problem now, Luke? I would say they might do actually, because Virginia just fits that system a lot better. He he start he'll start attacks, and which O'Shea and Brown, you do have issues maybe with their distribution. Um, Virginia, he'll look to, he'll even look to get forward at times, which is which is always incredibly entertaining to watch. Um, I'm always a fan of centre halves, sort of players like centre halves bursting forward and then potentially getting caught out of position. But you know, it's part of the joy, I think. Um, uh, the same as Lee Carnival's two yellow cards, you like? You're quite yeah, I think, really, I think what I like is players failing miserably. <laughs> maybe. So yeah. I don't know. You the right I like flaws. I think maybe maybe that's what it is. Do you remember that in every game there was always one occasion when Nairon Nosworthy would come striding out like a colossus <laughs> yeah. and get over the halfway line just just for that one moment he looked like some kind of Brazilian superstar. Yeah, before he'd revert to type and put out for throwing or something. I love Virginia. <laughs> he is of course a uh, South American superstar now. That he's a mm. superstar. Well, he's Ar- Argentinian. Uh, yeah, he's in the squad. Uh, isn't in the squad. Yeah, that's something we didn't really sort of. Talk talk about did we the fact that he got in the Argentina squad because that's a pretty good achievement yeah. considering and in the last six months. Swansea had uh, Federico Fernandez who was also in the squad. Mm. Um, so you know you had two Argentina centre backs uh, facing each other he on was, Saturday, and I think there was yeah. th- there was no doubt which one looked the most impressive to me. He was looking to like stay on the pitch. That Fernandez. Does it seem like um, Brown would be the one who was worried, or is there a case for O'Shea? I think with O'Shea being the captain, he's sort of got Just that. Just for that reason. Down, I like O'Shea. I don't. O'Shea yeah. came, comes in for pelters a lot, yeah, and no. I, I, which I never understood. It's a bit like the Larson situation where, but I, I, I could sort of understand it a bit more with Larson because people expect him to maybe be something he's not. While O'Shea, I, I think he's just as solid as Brown in in most games, and but Brown just seems to get let off. Uh, no criticism. I think Brown's quicker on the turn than O'Shea mm. is. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would probably agree. And maybe on a, if being pushed to shove, I'd probably say Brown's a better centre half. But I think on balance, O'Shea being a captain, well, push is coming to shove because I'm asking you what you think. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. I f- d- oh, sorry. I d- I, you d- you don't normally. You don't normally. <laughs> you don't normally ask me my opinion. No, I don't. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I would. I would say with O'Shea being a captain, I'd keep him in uh, with the genie. And I don't think quite is. It's 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 wrong to judge him based on 45 minutes, but he he really struggled against Stoke. Um, I thought. And yeah, Gary I think Bennett he was wasn't all, impressed at all with uh, yeah. Quantas, I think, recall. He, he was always going to be the uh, be cover, really. 
and he was signed near the end of well, the what's window. this we said about patience for people yeah I know I I'm know not, I'm not going to write him off I'm not going to I didn't think he did that badly against Stoke but maybe I'd love to see, to see you come on Monday and write somebody off it'll be fun should I just write off I did write off Connor Wiggum did you there? and then he, then he look kept what happened up, exactly. so yeah shall I write I'm writing off Alvarez I'm <laughs> writing off Jaggerini I'm writing off Wiggum Fletcher and out the door well well to be fair as you know I said Falcao was going to be a flop <laughs> for Chelsea <laughs> Falcao. Uh, Falcao I said was going not Costa. Falcao uh, Diego, Costa. No, yeah. Costa. Diego Costa was going to be yeah. a flop for Chelsea and then yeah. now that, you might now, be now, right you might never add to those goals no you <laughs> never know he might do his, hamst- do, his, do his dodgy hamstring and never play ever yeah. again yeah. all his looking 25 year old in the world he's not it? the 3 and 30 striker that you suggested no, though is he I, 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 I said Abel Hernandez is a 3 and 30 striker and he's already got 2 so <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit nervous about uh Abel Hernandez, but probably to get his third against us whenever we <laughs> third and fourth against us whenever we're playing them. Have you ever thought about applying for a scouting job somewhere? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. maybe he's a little further down the leagues. Well, you know, when uh, Mick McCarthy got the scouting report about Andy Gray, he still signed him, and that was yeah. worse than the <laughs> three and thirty striker. Mm, yeah. so. I, I can't really be doing that much worse than uh, our, our previous uh, director of football prior to the one we currently have. Mm. So. Uh, Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. Right. Question of the week time. Right. Move on. Um, what was the question again? Yeah. So you can win um, the book that. See what it is. With what we've been finding is that people are entering the competition and then not listening to the program. Shame on you. So, I mean, that's fine if that's what you want to no, do. Not, you, don't you, listen. Listen. You, you don't have to listen. You don't have to listen. But at the same time, if you're going to enter a competition with a question that's an announced on the program, don't bother. Oh, did I win last week? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Gareth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I only listen to the ones. So I'm on. if you've li- if you're listening and you get picked out to win, then you'll enjoy your prize even more because um, you'll get it. We are now taught of people who don't listen, so they won't be able. Yeah. To so um, yeah, the the prize wasn't claimed actually uh, from a couple of weeks ago. It was the the book up there. <coughs> so we're, we're giving that away again. Um, and the question was based on the, around the flat. If you could pick uh, two people. To share a flat together to un- maybe unlikely companions who would they be and why um, and I think there's another couple come through on Twitter I'll break the rules slightly um, so we've got one from Facebook by the way Facebook people you need to up your game because Twitter is beating you in the quality of answer so you need to have a think uh, John Ridley he was on Facebook he said Lee Boy and Kieran Dyer because he wants to see them scrap again uh, Sunderland fan Peter Shilton and Tina <laughs> that would surely see the main stand seats in seats road wing reform yeah that was a reference yeah. I left put that way in because it was a bit old school yeah. Graham Wright um, Roy Keane and Decanio just to see who would crack first Jake OJ Simpson and Oscar Pistorius to see a sort of real life Hunger Games I don't know if that's alright just, <laughs> just thrown allegedly <laughs> yeah there. allegedly yeah it covers it all Steve said Shearer and Sorensen discuss the art of saving a penalty uh, Philip Ayrson said Altador and Nosworthy both constantly confused at why they are so popular Simon Walsh said Roy Keane Adrian Childs Adrian Childs light banter RK looks at his fists and notices there's no windows or doors smiling wryly uh, Jeff Kosowski said <laughs> US men's national team Josie Altador and English Premier League Josie out the door they seem like opposites <laughs> uh, Stephen Roth said Suarez Terry Emery and other racist footballers with Lennox Lewis David Hay and Mike Tyson um, Tommy Boyd said Craig Garner and Tim Sherwood because the banter would be too hard to handle <laughs> yeah. 
And finally, <laughs> topical, and my winner is uh, Check to Your Days Two Wives. That's <laughs> sticking allegedly in there too. No, I think that's actually happened. That's fine. That's yeah. yeah, the okay. allegedly comes apparently he's got a mistress as well, allegedly. Oh. <laughs> as well. Are you going to legally do this, isn't that right? Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> no, no, it was on Twitter. So oh, I'm right. Okay. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. it was from um, Simon Byrne and David Coverdale, so actually, on reflection, maybe it wasn't the best idea to mention that out loud, um, <laughs> given it was from the sun. But uh, yeah, so allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but the, the story is uh, that that he has went. He got. He went back. He's gone back to Africa and married another wife. He can legally do this. And that right? Apparently, he can legally yeah. do that. He must be because he's done it. Yeah. <laughs> so if he well, hasn't, some he's people in do, do it illegally, but they are they <laughs> yeah, tend yeah. to go to jail. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do we have so, a winner? Well, Anybody happy with that winner, or does somebody want? I'm, <laughs> I'm quite happy with the chick to your ear answer. Um, Anyone else? Just a nod of the head from James. Did anybody put in Lee Catamull and Gareth Barker? Somebody put <laughs> Alfred and Die in Gareth Barker. Oh, oh yeah. of course. I didn't read that <laughs> Why one. Why did out. you read that out? Of it would be Luke Bowling and Lee Catamull. <laughs> Too painful. Yeah. Too painful now. And Alf has gone. Seb's still around for We've moved on now. We've moved on from him. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell this lad he's won then? Yeah, so um, Jack Tomlin, at Tomlin97. You've won, and you're lucky because it was a book. late entry. It was a late we entry. Normally discard but it was. them, but the, the quality hasn't been great the, this season. Yeah, we're being yeah, honest about yeah. it. Yeah. So if you want to win, up your game. Yeah, yeah. Up your game. We've got. A, I think we've got a, quite a good prize coming up actually. So prepare yourself. I'm still sorting out with them, but I think we are getting. Um, we're actually, no, I'm pretty sure we're getting a copy of um, FIFA 15 on um, a next gen console. I don't know if it's PS4, or Xbox One yet, but when I find out, I'll put it on Twitter, and we'll have a. Uh, We'll put that up for a prize, so keep an eye It'll for be that game, one. Because they were great last season. Yeah, and that's a good prize. So we're going to be, you know, that's a that's a really good prize. Maybe we should dumb the questions down. So we're going to be <laughs> expecting high quality answers. Right. I'd like to thank my guests for coming on this week: James Hunter from the Chronicle, Luke Bowley from Rock Report. I'd like to thank Sun FM for well providing us with the audio. Uh, Gareth and myself will be around to do the Into the Light Show for Sun FM on Thursday. So make sure you listen to that. We'll be back here next week discussing a win. I'm absolutely sure of it. Sorry if it's been in the uh, tech issues tonight. We've had, a, we've had a few problems with the microphones. But thanks for listening. Over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.